0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you have your Bible, so I hope that you do. If you'll turn to me to First Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, we'll start in verse 13. We've been in a series called Church Mission Month and been looking at um, our mission as a church. What we, What does it mean? What has God called us to do? What are aspects of worship? and? We've been looking at how scripture teaches us different um, instructions for worship, how we are to worship. And so um, last week we looked at um, holiness and how God calls us to holy. Be holy for I am holy. And this morning we want to continue that series on holiness and we'll look at God's instructions for worship. He called his people Israel to, to holiness And now as a church, how he calls us to holiness. So let's stand and read God's word this morning. First Peter, chapter one, starting in verse 13. And this is Peter speaking to the church. And he says these these words in verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as He called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for the time you allow us to come and, and worship, Lord that you are holy. Lord, the music you've led us to, to cry it out, Lord, holy, holy, holy are you, God. Lord, we have declared that you are omnipotent, um, omnipresent. You are the soon coming King. Lord, holy, holy, holy is your name. And today, as we look to your word, Lord, for your call for us as individuals in a church Lord, I pray today that we would be moved by your word. Lord, may we see um, the grandeur of your plan, the grandeur of your holiness. And Lord, may we be moved to response that we would desire to be holy as you are holy, Lord. Lord, lead us through your word. We come acknowledging today our need for you, our need for understanding, our, our need for interpretation our need for applications. Father, may you impart your wisdom upon us today. May your Holy Spirit bring conviction upon our hearts. And Lord, may we, as you speak, um, be faithful to respond in accordance to your word. Lord, we love you. Lead me. um, Lord, fill me. Pour me out today. Lord, you know my need for you today, Father. So lead us. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There's an old adage, you've, a, a, um, a proverb, a proverb um, that you may have heard throughout your life. You are what you eat. You ever heard that one? You are what you eat. And what does that statement mean? If you, um, Whatever you eat, that's what you are, right? So if you eat healthy, guess what? You'll be healthy. But if you eat unhealthy, then what? You will be Unhealthy. It's just a simple statement, a simple wise proverb that says, You are what you eat. Um, if you eat healthy, you'll be healthy. If you don't eat healthy, you will be unhealthy, right? Well, I want to take that statement and change it away. A There's a book that was written, I read a few months ago, and it says, You are what you worship. You are what you worship. Meaning, if you worship um, golf, guess what? You're gonna probably start dressing like a golfer, right? you probably start talking about golf in your conversations. You'll start probably watching a lot of golf, right? And we can change that to whatever it may be for your life, right? If you like gardening, guess what? You're gonna probably write, read gardening books. You're gonna probably watch gardening shows. You're gonna probably start all your free time. You're gonna be doing gardening, right? If you like um, home material or or, or, or cooking, you're going to start watch what I'm doing a lot of cooking. You're probably going to watch cooking shows. You're going probably um, um, doing a lot of cooking. You may be trying different restaurants and different cuisines. Why? Because you like that. I heard the story just this week of a a, a young lady. Her name's Ashley Leachon. I think is how you, or Leachon is that maybe how you say her name. Um, she has one million followers on TikTok. And she has followers because she looks like Taylor Swift, a famous uh, musician or artist. And as a result, because she looks like Taylor Swift, she has all these followers that look like, and she's came under great, um, just. A criticism recently by a lot of followers, a lot of people who follow Taylor Swift, and they have um, come, attacked her, criticized her. And some of the reasons they criticize her is they say they atti- that she intentionally tries to look like Taylor Swift, that she, um, some accused her of having plastic surgery to look more like her. Some even accused her so far of um, coming against her that she tries to hold her pen just like Taylor Swift holds her pen. You are what you worship. And for Ashley, I don't know this young lady, but she's, she's gotten a lot of followers. Why? Because she dresses like her. She holds her pen like her. She has videos where she acts like her. She even dresses like her. You are what you worship. And that really, at the very basis, is what the Lord is calling us to do in Leviticus, as we looked last week in Deuteronomy. What? Be holy, for I am holy. Worship me as we have just sung, right in song. Worship my holiness. And if you worship my holiness, guess what? You'll look, what you like. You'll look like what you worship. If you worship me as holy, guess what? You will become holy. And so this morning, as we look at the New Testament, this same idea is carried along in Peter. The the apostle is writing a letter to the church, and he echoes the words of the Old Testament, and there is a call by God to holiness. To be holy for the Lord is holy, to worship the Lord in holiness, and as a result, you will want to worship, you want to be like him I want to be careful to say it won't. Just because you worship something doesn't mean that it's going to make you holiness and work will make you holy. Just, I just think the idea is that if you worship it, you'll want to be holy like He is holy. Not that you have the ability to do so, and we're going to look at that in a minute. But you'll have the desire to be holy as He is holy. I want to this morning, and this is I'm going to just say from the very beginning. Um, if you're first time here with us at Bethesda and you're hearing me for the first time, this is not a typical sermon by Jonathan, okay? This is going to be very different this morning, um, and that's probably a good thing. I'm either going to really confuse you or I'm going to really help you this morning. I've already made that in my mind. That's probably what's going to happen. But as you come to this passage, this morning, I want you to see holiness throughout the New Testament. Because I think it's good for you to have an understanding that this is just not isolated to 1 Peter, This is something that we see all through Scripture. We saw in the Old Testament last week, and we looked through different passages and how God commanded Israel as they began to become a nation to be holy. And then we saw it in Isaiah. Isaiah, the prophet, saw God high and lifted up. And now I want us to go into the New Testament and see how we see holiness throughout the New Testament, because I think it's important for us to see it as a whole. I think first, as you understand in the New Testament, you see the holiness of God. Jesus actually distributes describes God as holy. So it's good to see that in the Old Testament, God is described as holy, but so Jesus echoes those words. And we see that in Matthew 6 as he's teaching his disciples to pray. He say, pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Oh God. As Jesus is praying to God, the father, he says, God, your name is holy. There is no name like our God. In, in John 17, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying. And in his prayer, he says, I am, uh, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. Jesus describes God the Father, Lord, you are. there is no other name like your name is holy. And he says, God, you are my holy Father. In Revelation 4, some of the beautiful passages in Scripture where we see God and we see him high and lifted up. And in Revelation 4, we see the same scene that Isaiah saw. In Isaiah 4, 8, and, um, John, the revelator, sees a vision of the Lord. And he sees four living creatures, each, each with six wings and, um, and full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. The same imagery of God in the Old Testament, we see Jesus declare that God is holy. The very core being of who God is, is that God is holy. He is pure. He is like no other. He is the God of all gods. There is none like him. The very being, his very being, is holy, pure, undefiled, set apart, like no other. But not only scripture; we see in the New Testament that God is holy. But there's another person in the New Testament. That also shares the holiness with God, which is we don't see anywhere else in the, in the Bible at all except God. God is the only one is holy. But in the New Testament, it introduces a new figure, and this figure is holy as God is holy. And who is this person? Who is this um, that the New Testament describes was well, no other than Jesus himself. Luke is very careful. We've been reading Luke in our Bible reading plan. I hope that you're joining with us as we're reading through Luke. But in Luke um, 1.35, it tells us of Jesus' mother Mary and the angel of the Lord coming to Mary and prophesying that she was going to have the Messiah. And as he prophesies about this Messiah's birth, he says these words to Mary. And the angel answered, when she asked, how can this be? Because I am a virgin, right? The angel responds. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called, listen to these words, holy the Son of God. Isn't it beautiful as you look past the Old Testament? The only one ho- that's holy in all the world is God, and that's who He is. That's part of the core being of His um, His attributes. No other in all the world is found to be holy except God. And in the New Testament, we see a person, a man. And this man, the Bible says, was born holy, just as his father was holy, God the Father. And we see that even in the virgin birth. Even so much, it's not only that he is recognized by the Holy Spirit that he is holy. But as he cast out demons, the demons call him holy. In Luke 4, 34, it says, Aha, what have you to do, do with us, the demons speaking, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Listen. The Old Testament saw that God was holy. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and declared that he would be born holy. And the demons recognized that he was a holy one of God. We see in Scripture, not only did he would recognize, but the disciples would recognize and would see that he was holy And when Jesus was being baptized, the Holy Spirit would come upon him. In Luke 3, 21 through 22, it says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, and the heavens were opened up, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, Listen, the Holy Spirit said he was holy, the demon said he was holy, But God's voice declared that he was holy at his baptism. When the voice from heaven called out said, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. My beloved son, a holy son of God. Jesus was holy. And it's important that we see in the New Testament, scripture in the New Testament describes that God is holy, but his son is also holy. Now, I want you to think about something. I think it's really important. Let's go back with me to Isaiah chapter 6. So turn back with me to our text that we saw last week. Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, we saw Isaiah, who saw this holy God high and lifted up. He saw um, this seraphim that flew just like we saw in Revelation. They had six wings and have eyes. And they covered their their wings. They covered their face. And they covered their... um, Their feet and day in and day night, they they call out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The Bible describes last week in verse 4 how the foundations, when Isaiah saw this Lord high and lifted up and saw the holiness of God, the foundations of the earth shook at the holiness of God, shook at the voice of him who was holy. And the whole house was filled with smoke. And, and we see that in the Old Testament, how smoke was put in order to protect those from the holiness of God. So we would not see the full, full glory of God. And we understand that through Old Testament and the Bible says, when Isaiah saw the holiness of God, he says, woe is me, for I am lost. He, he, he says, woe is me. That is, i I'm, 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 I'm in despair. I'm at a loss. I don't, I, I don't have any hope. Why? And he says, woe, woe is me in this passage of scripture. Why does he say that? He says, for I am lost. I am hopeless. I don't have any hope in this moment. And why? Why does he say that? Well, he describes why he says that. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. He says, God, I see that you are holy. And Isaiah declares, I am not holy. And God, not only am I not holy, but I've been amongst people of the land, and there is none in all of the land that are holy like you, God. So God, I'm lost. There's no hope in me, and there's no hope in anyone in the world. Because we are all unholy compared to who you are, God. And he's at a loss. He says, God, there's no hope I think I want you to understand when we think about the holiness of God, because this is so foundational when you understand holiness, it's holiness is who God is. And I've said that uh, many times this morning. This, it's not something that he's gained. It's not something that he's earned. It's not something he's received or something that was given to him. It is who he is. That's the very nature of God is he is holy. He is pure. He's without blemish. He is above all gods. That is who he is, right? The problem with us is what? He is holy. The problem with us at the core of who we are is what? We're not holy the core of who we are. We're sinners. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Scripture tells us. We're all unholy, just like Isaiah would say. And we, because we're sinners, cannot, what, encounter a holy God. Our sin separates us from that holy God. Isaiah felt that way to that in that moment. And therefore, he says, because, God, you are holy and I'm not, there's nothing I can do to get to you, God. I'm lost. I'm at a lost. What want you think it's important for you to understand that God is holy. And because he's holy and we are not, but there's a command in there, right? I mean, he tells us from the very beginning, I started out the sermon this way, what? He says, what? Be holy for I am holy. We see in First Peter, he says, be holy for I am holy. So there's this problem, right? It's a problem Isaiah felt, a problem that you and I felt. I really pray that it was a problem that you felt all week long. God, this is a problem. You called me to be holy because you are holy. But God, I'm a sinner and you're holy. And I, I, the very nature of who I am is a sinner and I can't get to a holy God. So God, I, uh, maybe you felt the weight of this this week. I feel helpless. And the reality is you and I are helpless. You and I cannot get to a holy God. Why? Because we are sinners. The only hope for Isaiah was what? To him confess to the Lord that, Lord, I am what? A sinner. But look at what happened in verse 6. God knew, listen, this is very important. God knew that Isaiah could not come to him because he was a sinner. So therefore, God sent something to Isaiah, what? And here's the the beauty of it, to make Isaiah whole. Because Isaiah could not do it on his own strength. Isaiah needed to be cleaned. And holiness, listen to this, is given by God. Holiness is not earned, it's not achieved, it's not um, produced by us, it's not a work that we can gain. Holiness is something that God imparts to us. And in Isaiah, Isaiah cried out and says, um, Lord, I'm an unclean. Um, I'm unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of unclean people. And what did God do? God knew that he couldn't come to him. So what? God sent something to Isaiah. And look at what happens. He sent a seraphim to him. And had a burning coal in his hand, right? He took from the altar. What did he do? He touched Isaiah's mouth. And look what it says. Behold, this says, touch your lip." This is verse 7. And your what? Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that the gospel? Isn't that the good news that we celebrate today? That we worship a holy God and he is holy. He is like no other. There is no God like our God. There's no God in all the world. There's no man like our God. But the problem is we are all sinners and all as much as we worship and we recognize his holiness, none of us can get to this holy God. But the good news is the gospel that he knew when we couldn't go to him that he came to where we were. And the gospel is that just like Isaiah, when we confess that, God, I am a sinner, God, I'm unclean, but God, I want to be holy, I want to worship you, that God, he'll send something from heaven and he'll come right to where we are. And by his magnificent power and his grace, he will touch us right where we are and he'll atone us from our sins and cleanse us and make us whiter than snow. You take that understanding that holiness is imparted, given, not earned. You take it to the New Testament. You say, well, pastor, how does this work in the New Testament? You see, God is holy. And so therefore, for God so loved the world that he gave his only holy son that whosoever shall believe in him Shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. The beauty of the gospel is listen, that Jesus knew that you would be born on this earth and that you'd be born unholy, unclean. A core of who you were would be a sinner that wanted a relationship with God but had no ability to get a right relationship with Him. So therefore, God sent His Holy Son on this earth to live to die on the cross that he might cleanse you of all your sin. He is, like in Isaiah, he is the one that sent from heaven, sent to this earth to redeem you of your sins, to atone for your sins. We see that in this Jesus, look with me, turn with me. You've got to see this in scripture. In, In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, so... Make you do some Bible studies. It's good for us to turn in God's word. It's good for us to learn how to turn these pages, find these books. So if you go to Peter, you hang a left and go two books, help you out that way. Come to the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews 10, it describes this work of Christ. It says these words. And that by we will all, and that we will have been sanctified through what? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Every priest stands daily at, the, um, at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which never can take away sins. When Christ had offered for one time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, awaiting from the time until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness for us saying, for, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make, with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their heart and I'll write them on their minds. And, and then, verse 17, he says, and then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there no longer remains an offering for sins. The beautiful thing is that Jesus, the Holy God, Holy Son of God came and lived and died to make one perfect sacrifice for your sins to make you holy, to atone for all your sins. Isaiah says, What? Well, I'm a man, a, a sinner, and I live in a, man, a land of full of sinners. I am lost. Therefore, God sent his only Son to be the sacrifice for your sins. Second Corinthians five, twenty-one says this. He, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin that we might become, what? The righteousness of God. Now when I want to ask you the next part of the New Testament. We see the holiness. We see the holy God. We see the Holy Son who became a sacrifice for our sins, that cleansed us from all of our unrighteousness. But how do we receive the holiness of Christ? Well, Scripture tells us that is the very work of this Spirit that is described as what? The Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, we see in Mark chapter 3, there is this idea of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. And the idea of that passage is that the Holy Spirit is distinguished among other spirits. And to discredit that spirit as something other than holy is guilty of an eternal sin. You see, the Holy Spirit is holy as God is holy and as Jesus is holy. And none should speak against it. It is holy. It is even the holy agency, what that what led, um, scripture says in Luke, the Virgin Mary to be conceived by God the Father, right? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, right? It was the Holy Spirit, what, that when Jesus was baptized, it descended as a dove, what, and anointed Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit of God. And that Holy Spirit, think about this for a minute. Get your minds around this this morning. That Holy God sent His Holy Son to be a sacrifice for your sins. And as a result from that, He then sends what? The Holy Spirit to come into your life, to come into your heart, to impart to you the very righteousness of God. It's the Holy Spirit that cleanses your heart. It's the Holy Spirit, Scripture says, that draws you to God, Right? It's the Holy Spirit that convicts you of your sins. It's the Holy Spirit that imparts, once you confess Christ, that imparts the righteousness of Christ in and through you. Romans tells us that. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. If you go to Matthew through the gospel, you go to Acts. The very next book is Romans. So I'm helping you learn to turn through the Bible. So, or you can go to Hebrews and take a left. In Romans chapter eight, it tells us the work of the Holy Spirit, imparting the righteousness of Christ upon us. He says this in in Romans chapter eight and verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are what? Listen to the imagery: who are in Christ Jesus. For the law, listen to this: of the Spirit of life, what has set you free in Christ Jesus? bible says god sent his only son to be a sacrifice for your sins to cleanse you from your sins and how did he do that he sent the holy spirit within you that you might what receive the righteousness of christ and be cleansed from all your sin it is the very work of the holy spirit to clean you to cleanse you from the inside out It's not an external thing that you get yourself looking better or get yourself more holy or try to do things to make yourself more holy. No, God knows, listen, that you may try in your best efforts to be a better version of you or be a better person or do better things or have better morals, but God knows that that will never, ever, ever measure up to God's holiness. Never. Never. And as much as you try to be better, you'll continue to fall short of the glory of God. So therefore, God sent his only son to be what? One sacrifice for you for all time. And therefore, he gave you the Holy Spirit. It's not about things doing things on the outside, but changes you from the inside out. And you've received this Holy Spirit that lives within your heart that changes you from the inside out. Ezekiel says what? I love Ezekiel. Ezekiel says what? In and, and that day, what? I'll take their old stone heart, right? And I'll give them a new heart. And what is that new heart? The new heart of my spirit. And I'll change them from the inside out. Uh, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the righteousness of Christ. And the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. It transforms us. Romans 15, 16 says, To be a minister of Christ to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You see, God sent His only Son to be a sacrifice to cleanse you of your sin, and He sent you the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out. And if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, His Holy Spirit came in you. And that Holy Spirit sanctifies you, cleanses you, transforms you, renews you. Scripture says, day by what? day. As a result, as we see in the New Testament, we see another group of people that is called holy. It's very interesting. And who are these People. Old Testament, we didn't see anyone. We see um, the calling of Israel to be holy. But in the New Testament, we see a people called holy. Why are they holy? It's not holy because they're good. Not holy because they've earned it. It's holy because they've received it. And what did they receive? They received the Holy Spirit. Paul, as he writes to the church, he talks about the saints in the church. In Romans 1, he says, To all those in Rome who are loved by God, And called to be saints, grace, and um, to you and peace from God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. The word saints there is what? Holy ones. Who does he call holy ones? The people of God. Believers in the church. He does the same thing in 1 Corinthians 1, 2. The church of God that is in Corinth. Those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy ones. Our saints together with all those in every place, upon, um, uh, every place called upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both thir- theirs and ours. It is believers in the church who are called saints, who are called holy ones. Can just take that, digest that for you today as you've come in here. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you put your faith in him and you've put your faith in the sacrifice that Christ made for you, and he and you've received the holy spirit and he's changed you from the inside out. Listen, scripture says the bible calls you saints. You're described as holy ones. Why? Because God, listen, God has made you holy. And as a result, right? You should be holy. So we see that the saints are called holy lastly, the church is called holy. We say church mission month. We say, what is our purpose as a church? Our purpose as a church, one of our purposes, one of our missions as a church, we should be a church, a holy church that's made of holy people who's been transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit the sacrifice of Jesus we are to be saints in a holy church first Peter 2 9 says but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into marvelous light I want you to see, now we've looked through all the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus describes God as holy. In the New Testament, we see Jesus described as holy from birth. Demons declare that he's holy. God declares that he's holy. The Spirit anoints him with holiness, or or, or, yeah, creates him in holiness, but declares he's holy as he's descending upon him. We see that holy God, that holy Son... Die on the cross, what? To sanctify you, to be a sacrifice for your sins. We see the Holy Spirit, what? Given unto believers that that it might impart the righteousness of Christ upon them, that the Holy Spirit may sanctify them and make them holy as He is holy. And then lastly, we see as a result, the church is seen as a holy church. It's made of holy saints. Now we come to 1 Peter. So go back with me to Peter. We're going to close up here. And it is amazing that it's not 12 o'clock. You know, would y'all, I mean, y'all, you, those who've been here a while, it's amazing for me, long-winded, that we've went through all that and I've not taken up more than an hour. So 1 Peter, I want you to go back with me to, to, verse, to verse 3 of 1 Peter. Because Peter takes everything that you and I have just talked about and he compresses it into this passage of scripture. He says, verse 1, blessed be our God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to what? Be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To inheritance this imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, to be ready to revealed in the last time. He says, "Praise be to God for Jesus, for what His because of God's great mercy for us. What He knew that we were sinners, but He caused us to what be born again. We were dead in our trespasses and sin." Each walking to our own way. But God being rich in mercy, what? He calls us to be saved. He transformed us and he made us go on from what? Death to new life in Jesus. Blessed be the God in his great mercy for what Jesus has done for us. And so he says these words and he, he reminds them, verse 6, to rejoice, right? For they're, they're facing some persecution in verse 6. Verse eight, he reminds them that to continue through verse seven, through testing of, um, they're, they're they're facing the persecution. Of verse eight, he says to them, continue to love Jesus even though you've not seen Him, believe Him in Him although you've not seen Him, Rejoice in Him with joy, filled with glory, obtain the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. But then verse ten, I want you to read with me there concerning this salvation. The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what persons or time of the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the um, subsequent glories. It revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. The things into which the angel longed to look. He says prophets and priests through all the years were looking for this Messiah. And you have found him. Even angels were looking, scripture says, longing for this day. And you have found him. And look at what verse 13 says. Therefore, because you've received this great salvation. You've received this Jesus who was that sacrifice for your sins. Because you've received this Holy Spirit that's transformed you from the inside out. Listen to what he says. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded. Listen to this. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. He says, listen. Church, and I just say to you, as you've taken all this in today, Peter would say to you as I would say to you, because you've understand, because there's been prophets through all the ages have looked for salvation, have looked for hope in men and all kinds of different things. But you you found what people have been looking for all their lives. You found Jesus, you found the righteousness of Christ, you found what Isaiah was looking for, you found the Messiah, and because you found him, because you've received him, listen. Listen, he says in this passage of scripture, he says, therefore, prepare your minds for actions. Get ready. Get, um, get ready to be um, faithful, to, to be active. And how are you to act? you be active in being sober-minded? But listen to what he says. And what are the actions you are to take? Listen to verse 13. Set your hope fully on the grace." That we were brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know what he says to you and I today? Has, because you've received this Jesus. As you are getting ready to get, take some action in your life for what you've received. It's that idea that God, what, because of what you've done for me, at least I can do is, is give my life back to you. And God, I want to do something for you. I want to be faithful to you. I want to be used by you. And Peter says, okay, are you ready for action? You ready to do something for Jesus? What, do you, what does um, the Lord want you to do? He wants you to be so reminded. And listen, he wants you to set, listen to this, he wants you to set your hope in what Jesus has done. You know what Peter is saying there? What, how you started your faith was Jesus you are my only hope. Peter reminds them the same thing that you set your heart to that day. Today, be sober-minded, be ready, action, and set your hope once again only in Jesus. I ask you today. Yeah, I remember. I don't know about you. I remember when I was. Um, we were talking about this the other day. I remember when I came to know the Lord. I was fourteen. I went to a Wednesday night church service. Uh, We had a youth pastor at the time. I don't even remember his name. But I remember that night, I knew I was a sinner. Sure, I mean, I'd grown up in church. My grandpa was a Baptist preacher. I mean, he made sure we were church every Sunday. I'd heard uh, hundreds of sermons throughout my life. But some reason that night, more than any other night, I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew I was hopeless. Oh, sure, I've been trying to be good, and I tried to be a good um, grandson, and I tried to be a good son to my mom and dad. I knew that was not good enough, and because of my sin, I was separated from holy God. And my only hope that day was that Jesus save me. God, I'm not holy. You are God. God, I need you to send something from heaven and change me from the inside out. Can I say today, that day, I knew my only hope is Jesus. And Jesus says today, Jonathan, when you get ready and you want to get action and you want to get busy serving me, may your hope still be the same. Jesus, you are all that I need. Jesus, there's nothing good in me still today. Jesus, you're all I need. I don't need the money. I don't need the popularity. I don't need the fame from our world. I don't need anything this world can offer me. All I need is Jesus. Jesus, you are my only hope. You're all I need. Today, I want to pursue you just as fervently as I did that first day you called. Secondly, he says, set your hope on what Jesus has done. But secondly, set your lives to holiness. Because Jesus, you are my only hope. And because Jesus, you've come into my heart. Jesus, I want to be holy because you are holy. And listen to what Peter says here. As obedient children, do you not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. You know what, very simply he's saying there, your life shouldn't look like it used to look. There's some things that were in your past and your life today shouldn't be marked with those things in the past. There should be a difference. There should be a change. So don't be conformed from those things of the past. But be renewed, be changed. This is the it says, but you who has called you as holy, should be holy. This isn't the imagery. Look at the words here, not imagery. Look at the words. Yours should be holy in what? All your conduct. Just think about that a minute. You're not your life shouldn't be looked like it once did. But today, in all area of your conduct, in what you say, in what you do, in your actions in and outside of church. What we post on Facebook, what we post on Instagram, what we look at on TikTok. Listen, amen, amen. We're kind of getting into the nuts and bolts now, right? What we say in our text messages. What we say in our emails. What we say to others on, uh, outside the hall. Or what we say only in our homes. What we look at in our homes. What we watch on our phones. In all our conduct. We are to be holy. For he is holy. Listen scripture says. He who has called you holy is to be holy in all your conduct. Since it's written. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Listen to me this morning. You are to conform your life to God's holy character. God, because you live within my heart, God, I am a worshiper of you. and Because I am to worship you in spirit and in truth, because you live within my heart, And therefore, I shall be holy because God, listen to me, because you will make me holy. So maybe it is our prayer today as a church and as individuals. Lord, make me holy. Lord, I want to be holy because you are holy. I pray today. There's some in here today. Listen, and I really hope this as I end here today. I hope this is a reality check for some. For some, you know, I have a vehicles. You, know, you have vehicles too, and there's this thing on the vehicle is the instrument panel, and there's it lights that go off. Right? There's a check engine light on. Right? If a check engine light goes on when I'm going down the street, it tells me something's wrong with the system. Something's wrong with inside. And the truck may be running, the car may be running, but that instrumental is telling me something inside is not right. It may seem like it's okay with you because you're, it's going, but I'm here to tell you something inside is not right. Listen, I hope today, and I really mean this with all sincerity, I hope today there'll be some in this congregation or someone watching online, and listen, your whole life, you've tried to earn the holiness of God. You've tried to work your salvation. You've tried to earn your salvation and you may think you're saved because I've been baptized or I've been a church member or I've done this or I've done that. And all of those were failed attempts of you trying to achieve the holiness of God. And really the reality is you've just been a, rock, you've been a roller coaster of some days you're doing good and some days you're doing bad. But there's not been this constant desire to really be holy for God is holy. And the reason why that constant desire is not in there, the reason why there's not been a change in your life is not different today than it once was, because listen, listen to me, the Holy Spirit's not in there. And I hope today for some of you, listen, the red light in your soul is going off. Listen, something's not right with me. And the reason why it's not right is because I'm trying to earn the favor of God instead of trying to receive what Jesus has already done for me. There's nothing I need to do. It's what I need to receive, what Jesus has done for me, and receive the Holy Spirit that it might transform me. I can't do it. And I pray there would be some today that says, you know what? I'm tired of trying to, to, to earn the favor of God. I'm, try- I'm tired of trying to, to clean up my own life. Today, I realize my only hope is Jesus. My only hope today is to surrender my life and my heart and say, Jesus, send your Holy Spirit down just like Isaiah did. And will you send something to heaven? And would you touch my heart? And God, would you cleanse me from the inside out? Will you pray with me? Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this today. I thank you, Lord, for your your word thank you for the beauty of just your holiness and god the beauty that you want us to be holy so much so that you sent your perfect holy son that he would become unholy that he might make us holy he would become sin that we that we who are sin could be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Oh, what great love there is in you, Father. Love for us sinners. And a love, Lord, that wants to make a way for us. Lord, I pray that there be those that are at the sound of my voice today that would say, Lord, today I need your Holy Spirit. Today, Jesus, you are my only hope. I pray there'd be some today that says, Lord, I feel like I'm a sinner that is separated from you, a holy God, and I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I'm hopeless. I feel like I have no hope today. I pray there'd be some today that say, Father, today, Lord, I need you to send something from heaven Send something to come into my heart. And God, I need you today to cleanse me from the inside out, Father. Jesus, I believe that you came and you lived and died on the cross that you might cleanse me of my sin. And today, Father, would you come in my heart? Would you cleanse me of all my sins? Would you send your Holy Spirit to make me new today, Father? Lord, I want to be holy, Lord, I pray there'd be those all across this room who are watching online today, there'd be some that would say, today I will need to put my faith in Jesus for salvation. I need to receive the free gift of salvation. I need to receive the Holy One sent from God for me. I pray there'd be those today that put their faith in you today for salvation. Would believe that you came. Believe, confess their need for you, Father. And today, you would save them right where they are. So, Lord, I pray there'd be those through this room or online today would do that right now, right where they are. Would pray to receive you, Jesus. Lord, I pray there are also those today that they are believers, they are i have put their faith in you, but the reality is, lately, Lord, there's, there's not been a life of holiness. A life not been very different than it was before you, Lord. And there is a call by you today, Lord, to return. Return to me. And I'll return to you. Put your hope in me again and be holy. I pray there'd be some today that says, Oh, Lord, I've been trying to clean up my life. I've been trying to fix things in my own power. But today, Lord, I need you. I can't do this anymore. And I pray there'd be some today that would cry out to you their great need for you, Father. I pray there'd be some that would say, Lord, I need to repent of some things in my life that are not bringing you glory. That are not holy. So, Lord, help me be holy in all my conduct. Transform me, Father, from the inside out. I'm going to ask you, everybody, every eye closed. I don't know how God's spoken to you today or how God is speaking to you now. I'm just going to ask you to take a minute to respond to Him. Is there a warning light going off in your soul today? I tell you God the Father today says seek me and you will find me knock and I will answer Lord, I really believe this morning you are really, you're at work. Lord, I sense you're leading through the message, you're leading through now this invitation. Lord, it's palpable, Lord, your spirit is in this place right now. Lord, we all at times lose sight of your call upon us. Lord, we lose sight of the wonder, Lord, of your Savior that you sent for us. The wonder of how amazing it is that we do know you, Lord Jesus, and we have received you. The one that prophets look for a long of old. The ones that the angels long for, we have received. And sometimes, Lord, we lose the glimmer of the magnificent nature of your salvation that we found in you, Lord Jesus. We lose lose the all of you, God. Lord, I pray you would forgive us, Lord, at times that we have become complacent. But Lord, once again, again today, Lord, I pray we would renew our hope in you, Lord Jesus. That we would set our hearts and our minds on you, Jesus. You are our only hope. So, Lord, may today be the day that we renew our commitment to you, Lord Jesus. We renew our commitment to holiness, Lord, today. That, Lord, as you are holy, God we will be holy. So, Lord, may you work your Holy Spirit in us to make us, Lord, holy as you are. Lord, I pray, Lord, for those... Today that have placed their faith in you. Lord, I pray they'd make that public today to one of our church members, to to me or to someone about Lord what you have done in their heart today. I pray that you'd lead some to call our prayer line about and 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 share, Lord, that good news. The Bible says that the angels rejoice when someone receives you as Savior. And I pray today that um, there will be rejoicing in heaven, but God, we would be able to rejoice together, Lord, of what you've done. Lord, I pray. Now as we go in this time of invitation, we sing together. I pray if there's somebody that comes to this altar, just lay some things at your feet. Lord, I pray they would do that. However you lead us now, Lord, may we respond. May we need to come and share with me or one of the staff about, Lord, what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you'd lead those to come. Lord, may we give you this time now in response. In your name we pray.